1991, an extremely needy and miscellaneously troubled man named Bob Wiley follows Dr. Leo Marvin, the self-involved psychiatrist of his dreams, to a picture-perfect family summer home in the hopes of finally overcoming his ever-growing grab bag of phobias. What hilarious hijinks could ensue? What possible problems could arise? What will my guest Jesse dangerously say when I ask, do you still like What About Bob? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's why I'm here. This is Do You Still Like This Movie, Episode 4. And I'm Word Burglar. Hi, thanks for joining us. Like a movie one time in your life, but don't know if you still do. Well, if you don't have time to watch it at the moment, me and a guest will for you. See me, some strangers, and some friends of mine are gonna see what flicks stand the test of time. So if you're curious to know what holds up and what doesn't about some old movie you saw with your cousin, you're in the right place, and you know you might just find out. Do you still like this? Quality word. Quality Jesse. What? <laughs> King of Segways. <laughs> I only want the quality Jesse here today. Uh, the quality Jesse has arrived. Oh, wow. Jesse dangerously is in the room. The quantity Jesse. <laughs> you ever have those candies, Quantity Street? Yeah, okay. But, like, fill you up. What about that? <laughs> what about what? Indeed, what about whom? What about Jesse Dangerously? What about Word Burglar? What about Bob? Bob. Oh, wow. Nailed it, like, landed on this, a diamond. The 1991 favorite movie of Jesse Dangerously, perhaps. Your family. Your whole family. I, look, can I just tell you, like, right off, I was might have been raised by this movie more than any living person, any two three-dimensional human. The f- like my parents look I'm jumping ahead of myself but like that movie is my parents it's exactly their senses of humor um, I don't know what came first because I have a very poor grasp of reality at the best of times but like my like I've always Bill Murray's kind of my dad my dad's kind of Bill Murray I don't know if dad saw Bill Murray movies and was like alright that's what I'm gonna be or if, like, we gravitated towards him because it was familiar. But, like, my mom's sense of humor is all throughout that movie. And let's be clear. This movie's got a weird sense of humor. It's got a weird sense of humor. It, I'm so amazed that you said that. This was actually one of my mom's favorite movies as well. Oh, yeah. And I remember watching it with her mainly because she loved it so much. My mom, to this day, quotes yeah. this movie when... Dr. Leo Marvin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sailing. I sail. Like, yeah, I was shocked by how often things would pop up that I forgot were from that movie. That's just like the lingua franca when my family gets together. What a bunch of cornballs. Like, I I didn't have a chance. The movie in question is the 1991 film starring... Bill Murray, Bill Murray and Richard Drake. Do you do you say Dreyfus? 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 I would have said, said Dreyfus, but I don't trust myself on these <laughs> things. 
I don't know what I say. Dreyfus? Dreyfus? I've never heard Dreyfus before in my <laughs> life. That's a completely new one to me. It's ju- certainly not Julia Louise Dreyfus. It's uh, Dre- Dr- Dreyfus. I was trying Richard to Dreyfus. Remem- it must be Richard Dreyfus. I-, I was trying to tell my friend what I was watching <laughs> and remember his name. And all I could think of was Jaws Man, J- Shark Friend Jaws. Yeah. And full disclosure, I don't like him in Jaws. I don't like him in a lot of movies. And I don't know if it's because I saw him in What About Bob first. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, how to feel about Dr. Leo Marvin is so complicated. I did find myself, like, thinking a lot about Dreyfus's, Dreyfus's, uh, Richard, <laughs> Dicky, <laughs> Little Richard. Ricky D? <laughs> MC. Ricky D, I was thinking about his performance a lot because he sells it. Like, he's acting with every uh, nerve in his body. He's incredible. Bill, Right off the top, I'm yeah. sure anyone listening knows Bill Murray is a, an icon. And this is one of those films where they're paired really well together. But who better to direct these two in a film. Miss Piggy. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast always comes back to Star Wars We're in gonna, some way. Let's compromise and say Fozzie Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Sam the Eagle, perhaps? <laughs> Was he? Yeah. Yeah, Frank goddamn Oz. He did Frank like... Frank Oz, yeah. Blues Brothers, right? Did he I direct I don't know Blues that Brothers? he did. I know he did got the a cameo Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy film Bowfinger. <laughs> his finest obviously eventually he built up to doing <laughs> Bowfinger and to practice with a few of these whiffers first but like he he may have done Blues Brothers I actually I don't think so he's got a cameo in it and I think maybe that's why I associate him with it listen on this podcast I have never claimed to be a film expert <laughs> Like, uh, I can program a VCR. I know how to set the clock. I can even do daylight savings on a VCR. Uh, so you you like this movie? Your family like this? 1991? Like isn't the word, man. Like, And I love's not the word, but it was just the fabric of our life. Did you see this in theaters? No. So what? what's your first memory of this movie? We had, like, sort of a ritual um, family night, Saturdays, uh, Pizza Saturdays was pizza night, and when I was younger, probably when this came out, it was homemade pizza night. Because my parents were just like twenty percent hippie, so like we'd <laughs> raise our own dough with the yeast and everything, and we'd go to Jumbo Video probably, or uh, you know another neighborhood place. Oh, what was that? There was like a, a one place that rented Beta movies. We had to go there. We had a Beta VCR, and they were on Quimple Road, and. Their main attraction, aside from having 100% beta tapes, was that there was, like, a treasure chest of foreign coins. Um, yeah, was that next to the McDonald's? Yes, it was. Which is now a Sicilian. Yeah, it turned into Holly Hobby, and then Sicilian, for it sure. It was first stop for a while. Oh, yeah, the comic shop. Yeah. 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 What, what? That was a video store. Something. It had, like, a really simple, like, tautological name. It was just, like, something video. Rental time video. Wow. Beta tape time. Of all the, and I was thinking of all the video stores for rental patient, but I, I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, well, I mean, you know, it had a clientele of a dozen. Like, it was beta only. I remember them. They had VHS, I think, at one point. They expanded. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, obviously stopped going once they sold out to the dark side. Those big, dumb VHS boxes. Come on. Beta, keep it tight and tiny, high definition. So you saw this in beta. I saw this in beta, and let me tell you, 
it's renting it on <laughs> iTunes. It didn't quite duplicate the majesty of of Beta. This is a movie that needs to be seen on some type of like filmic tape of some kind. Oh yeah. I I did appreciate it's been a while since I've probably watched a movie of this particular vintage and the touchstone logo when it came on the screen uh evoked like strong feelings in me because it's like hand animated or whatever like it it still looks a little distorted and that was probably the closest the most VHS feeling thing sorry the most beta feeling thing oh it's really a broken character <laughs> 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 but yeah so it was so on Saturday nights, we would rent a movie, and we would make a pizza, and we would sit and watch it. And, like, sometimes it was new releases. My mom didn't really go for, like, old stuff, like stuff she'd seen years ago. But, of course, that was a big part of renting movies. Like, new releases were kind of a luxury. Um, that's why that's why in uh, Call Center Balling, new releases all yeah. that I'm renting. <laughs> like, who's, right. got, who's got that kind of money? Which part of probably part of why we... Uh, didn't see what about Bob in theaters. We were waiting for it to come down a little. It's gonna come out eventually. Yeah, come on. Those, that in the future, we just push a button on our TV and it'll be there for oh us. God, soon. I just waiting. I want the button to push itself. I'm really <laughs> not on board that I still have to push the button. Like, am I a surf? Yeah. Like, and but it's but it's 1991 and it's it pizza is. night. It's pizza night in your in your home and the whole family is. It's there. cozy. We gather. We had like a wood burning stove. Like uh, it probably might have been a fire on, and like even at like Sounds that amazing. age 11, I figured out how to attach the my parents' old stereo to the audio output from the TV so that we would have like bassy sound coming from it. So it was like a real home theater experience. That TV screen must have been 25 inches. Picture it. <laughs> Round as a bulb. And yeah, we, we sit in the dark and like, uh, you know, my sisters don't watch movies the same way as me. I got to be really immersed. Uh, I will comment a lot. If anyone else speaks, they're really messing with my buzz. Like... I have ADD. We didn't know it at the time. I mean, they should have known. It was really obvious. But so I like react to everything that's on the screen. If anybody else talks, I'm like, can we rewind it, please? I didn't hear that joke. But my one sister, Maggie, she's asking questions constantly. Who's that? Why would he do that? Where are they? Where did they go? What are they from? And it's like people you just. Who what about Maggie? Am I right? <laughs> I don't want to blow up Maggie's spot or anything. She was like, no, a lot of love to Maggie. Five, <laughs> but like that was like how we would watch these movies. Is like Maggie's asking questions that nobody knows the answer to. It's like it's well, that's the, what the joke's about to be in four minutes, and I'm shushing everybody and shouting over it. So yeah, we watch it, and we watch some like some movies we go back to multiple weeks if there wasn't a new film we wanted to rent we we're like well we all laughed a lot at that this one is just what, this is what we did yeah you, so yeah i don't know if we watched what about bob 10 times as a family but i wouldn't be surprised and we definitely kept it alive in between by imitating every nuance of speech every weird little thing these movies are written so weird yeah like what kind of movie is it it's not a comedy it's dark, and this is what we're we're going to talk about. If you're listening to this and you have not seen What About Bob, mm. Bill Murray plays Bob Wiley, and Bob Wiley is a patient of Dr. Leo Marvin, who he, well, he gets directed to Leo Marvin after his, we learn at the very start of the movie, Bob's doctor has just passed him off and is now retiring from uh, being a therapist or yeah. psychiatric therapist. 
Uh, and now Bob has a series of issues which we get into. He's got like multiphobic personality. Uh, he's in a constant state of panic. Right. Uh, he has uh, family issues, uh, like an acute acute separation anxiety. Yeah. Uh, he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's super manipulative. Yeah. Um, and he gets paired with Dr. Leo Marvin, and he goes in for his, I guess, his consultation, his first appointment. Yeah. The the personality type of Dr. Marvin is, like, he's, they establish him right away. He's got a successful book. Um, he's very proud of himself. He's excited. He's got a big interview coming up. And, like, so right away, like, he's sort of a stuffed shirt. Bob needs treatment. At mm -hmm. this point, it's early in the movie. We don't know exactly how far his issues go and how deep his problems no. are. He's unhappy, though. They show that. He's like, feels bad. He's unhappy. He's has a hard time leaving his apartment. This, I mean, first of all, this movie, it is very hard to pinpoint, like you're saying. Mm. Like, is it a comedy? Is it really, you could look at it as being very serious, yeah. but... It's kind of the perfect foil for Bill Murray for use every trick in his in his bag. So Dr. Leo Marvin meets Bob, says, all right, here's my book. It's, the basis is baby steps. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem doing something, just take it in baby steps. This, of course, this may have become jargon around your home. I know we'd always say it. Baby steps, going to the kitchen. Yeah. Baby steps, getting a box of cereal. Because Bob takes it completely literally. It's like a metaphor. Exactly. And... And that goes back to, yeah, I could see this being like a big jargon, like making fun, satirizing sort of 80s and 90s self-help. Self-help culture. Yeah. yeah. And just like, oh, this is what you do. And everyone was making millions of dollars off these self-help books. Mm -hmm. and Oh, this new thing and this new thing. But where someone like Bob, and we see very early on, Bob walks, when he finally leaves his apartment, another person with some sort of psychiatric mm. issues walks by him. And is just to sort of say, oh, Bob's not this kind of person with psychiatric right. issues. He's sort of a friendlier version. Yeah. Uh, also, side note, which I think you may have noticed, there's an amazing boombox stereo. Yeah. That, like right when right Bob away. walks out of his apartment, like this. I'm like, I want that stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to just, I want the movie to just follow those kids on Bob's porch. Yeah. Like that's a do the oh, reboot, Bob. but for, it's called Forget About Bob. <laughs> So Bob, he walks around with, as you say, his goldfish, his pet goldfish, Gil. Gil. He's yeah. got a funny, clever name. Il Gil. Gil, yeah. Mm -hmm. Shout out, shout out to Il Gil. So Bob, uh, Bob goes off on his way after meeting Leo, and Leo says, I'm going on vacation, but if you need anything, you you know, call, you know, this number or, mm -hmm. and talk to one of the... You the, get, the other staff. You uh, get in touch with the other staff. Yeah. Dr. So Harmon. Yeah. <laughs> Leo just wants to go off on vacation. So off he goes. He's going to Lake, what is it, Lake uh, Winnipesaukee? Winnipesaukee, yeah. Which is uh, just look, uh, like a beautiful cottage country town. Just really nice. Like this, like, I feel like every yeah. movie of this era was set in this little cottage country. Like if they needed a cottage yeah. country area. I, there's got to be like a, uh, um, a sociological, like phenomenological study you could do of like who... Like, what's the aspirational quality that made them want to pitch movies to their audiences? Like, Funny Farm or whatever. Just, like, they're always right. talking about dream homes. and They're always talking about vacation getaways. And, like, you know, what was going on with the economy that had that on everybody's mind that it, like, helped them want to go to see a funny movie? Definitely. And it's a real Or a horror movie, too. That. Yeah, yeah. Going out to this beautiful, big cottage home. 
Uh, so Leo takes off, and Bob realizes, like, he's instantly smitten with Leo. He mm-hmm. thinks Leo is the greatest doctor he's ever had. He's only met with the guy for, like, five minutes. Kind of get the feeling this might be how he feels about every doctor at day one. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, yeah. A <laughs> little clingy. <laughs> So this is where we start to see Bob get sneaky. Bob starts calling the dispatch line mm-hmm. to try and get Dr. Leo's address to find out where he is. And he starts. we start to see this very deceitful side of Bob. Yeah. He's lying to the poor people on the other end who are just saying, well, we can't give you this information. Yeah. And it gets to the point where Bob keeps calling so much. Like he gets like a... Uh, some woman on the street to call. Pretend it's is Dr. Marvin's sister. Yeah. And, and then he, worries he, him. he says that Bob committed suicide. Yeah. and Pretending to be a, a detective. Yeah, so instantly, okay, you're kind of mocking. Is this mocking suicide here? I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, it's certainly lighthearted. And like, like, you know, there's obviously dark comedies in the yeah. world, but this the film never establishes a tone. Like, there's a really... Um, obtrusive soundtrack throughout the b- establishing shots where we're getting to know Bob's um, Bob's quirks where there's like the this goofy circus baby music and like they return to that kind of music a lot to set the tone and I think without that music the film could have felt dark right off the bat and like if there was like a different tone to the music and it didn't sound like baby elephants learning to walk like then maybe it wouldn't have been so jarring when all of a sudden there's like, you know, Bill Murray pretending that someone's killed themselves. But they they mug, you know, they make jokes, and it's the 90s. Like, I feel like it was kind of... We watched some dark PG movies then. Yeah, you didn't think... But this is... It's weirdly dark. Yeah. So Bob convinces them that the Bob Wiley is dead and he needs to get the information of Dr. Leo Marvin, and this is how he eventually manipulates the switchboard to give him the address of where Dr. Leo Marvin is on yeah. his summer vacation. Uh, like, yeah, so Bob tells Betty. Betty was the uh, the person there. The, at the operator. The operator. And then he takes the bus to go to Lake Winnipesaukee, which is a nice little town to stalk your therapist in. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, to stalk. I want to say this about the casting of Bill Murray. There's a level on which he's playing against type, and there are other films where he would have been Dr. Leo Marvin because Bill Murray's like right. a natural born huckster. Dr. Vankman, huckster. Uh, Groundhog Day, Ghostbust and Ass Bill Murray, huckster, right? Bob is an earnest figure, which is really unlike the usual Bill Murray, but he's a liar. And they, it actually maybe is like really well uh, plotted out to have a more earnest character be. The person that the sorry, like a more honest, a more earnest performer playing the role of the character the film is putting forward as manipulative, you know, kind of a snake oil salesman because they don't believe in psychiatry uh, and having the sneakier, charming, mischievous character as like the earnest type, you know, like so he uses all these Bill Murray isms that we're used to seeing him be a game show host with or on Saturday Night Live, just like uh schmoozing and he uses them to be like a character that they're at least trying to put some depth on you know yeah and there are parts of him where he does go sort of in the childish zone where Mm -hmm. he he is super likable 
Mm-hmm. Like you're just like oh like and I as a kid think oh I want to hang out with Bob Wiley yeah which is uh, understandable when Bob meets the family of Doctor Leo Marvin yeah. after he arrives in town and he gets so this is a big scene when when Bob shows up in the middle he takes the bus there's actually a pretty funny scene where he steps off the bus and everyone cheers because they're like because <laughs> Bob has just annoyed everyone to no end yeah so he gets off in the middle of town and shout out to my mom and everyone else who loves this scene. Bob just gets off the bus and starts yelling, Dr. Marvin, Dr. Leo Marvin, because he doesn't know where to find him. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, I, I guess his reasoning, it's, just, it's sound logic. If he yells long enough, someone's going to take him yeah. to Dr. Leo Marvin. But Dr. Leo Marvin happens to be there shopping at the grocery store with his kids. And he's, he's uptight. He's not really paying attention to his family, who mm-hmm. we've now met, and his, his daughter and son and wife. Um, so Bob comes up and, and meets everybody and, and Leo convinces, Leo says, all right, I'll, I'll treat you once. I'll meet you here in mm-hmm. the coffee shop. If you promise, I'm fo- I'll phone you, I'll phone you at this coffee shop. Yeah. If you, pr- if you promise you will buy a ticket and go back home. Yeah. Bob agrees to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Doctor patient. He's already really breaking the doctor. He's crossed patient. boundaries, crossing but a lot of boundaries here. I do, like you got to give Doctor Marvin credit. Like they actually do show him trying to be responsible. Like he asserts his boundaries, but like it's he's even compassionate. Like as much as they make him out to be the villain in a lot of ways, you, they do show him doing his best uh, in the circumstances to still be kind. Of course. And now, okay, so take take yourself back to movie night mm. as a kid watching this with the family. What was your interpretation? Do you remember wh- how you felt about Bob and Dr. Leo Marvin? Have you felt about their relationship? I would always, like, uh, Bill Murray was an idol. He, uh, so, like, he he's always got my sympathy because he's funny. And, like, yeah. I think he, he's, like, you know how there's, you know, people talk about dad jokes. My theory about dad jokes is that Everybody thinks those jokes, but a dad is a guy who has people around who have to hear everything that pops into his head, and like that's like Bill Murray seems like somebody everything pops into his head makes everybody around him delighted, and like that's and it's like for somebody who likes to laugh, somebody who's always blurting stuff out, like what a dream. So yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a fantasy, and like there's a it fits into a genre. Like there's a Alf. Um, Captain Ron, like the genre of the uptight dad with the family who comes to love someone who drives him up the wall. This is like central in that theme. Right. Um, one of the darker entries. Um, yeah. So this is one of, this is where I'm starting to see a few issues that I started having with this. Yeah. Everyone liking Bob and enabling him. And it does almost feel like it is hard to separate Bob Wiley from Bill Murray and mm. it does almost feel like everyone in this movie is like hey it's Bill Murray he's being funny let's let's invite him over for dinner yeah. come on over oh stay later let's play you balderdash hang out yeah and it's just sort of because a, a big thing that kind of popped up with me is like okay Dr. Leo Marvin's been a doctor for a while mm-hmm. so his family no he has patients Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he keep these patients separate? And wouldn't his family know, oh, maybe we shouldn't engage daddy's 
patience. Like, is so, it supposed to be it's the first time the boundary's ever been crossed? Yeah. So we're, we're getting a, a little ahead as we want to do on this podcast, which I love. You just switch the order eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob... Bob's waiting in the coffee shop to meet Dr. Leo, and Dr. Leo hasn't called yet, and he's getting he's he's waiting and waiting and waiting, and he, and he befriends the people at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. who turn it turns out they hate Dr. Leo because he bought their dream home, mm-hmm. so they take Bob right to Leo's house. Yeah. So he sh- Bob shows up, and well, what do you know? The family's there, and everybody starts falling in love with Bob Wiley. Yeah. I uh, mean, you would if this guy showed up at your house. I think absolutely. that's why, as the kid, you've got Siggy, who's, what do you think, Siggy's like 10? I think he says he's 12. He's 12, okay. Yeah. And then Anna, who's like a teenager, she's yeah. older. And then uh, Leo's wife. they Faye. Faye. And who's in, I feel like she's in like every movie and TV show ever from this era. But yeah. I don't. I, don't I was surprised know. that I didn't recognize the actor's name. Like, I thought I was going to, for like when I was trying to, when I was picturing the movie, I was like, was it Mary Steenburgen? It's not, but it's no. close. She's in Airplane. Who's not? Kareem <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar's in Airplane. Yeah, but, so, I mean, basically, so Bob shows up at the house. He's he's like the bumbling, goofy, lovable yeah. stalker. Uh, and as a kid, you like him. And as an adult, it starts to get a little bit like, okay, okay, who's going to help this guy, like, yeah. for real? I find myself wanting the film to have an understanding of what it's dealing with right like it uh you could make a story about the charismatic uh person who has his own issues and creates issues for others and like they could like i would love for that to be done with some like warmth and humor but like you can't pretend that it's it's no big deal to stalk somebody like i'm not gonna get into it because this is a funny podcast i've been stalked I had 18 months of fear uh, like 10 years ago and like kind of sensitive about it. Um, And I think a lot of people who haven't had that experience, um, it seems so absurd. It seems like any other like, um, oh, what if I fell down a manhole? You know, just stuff that hasn't happened. But like it's so it's something that like really goes on for people. And the movies like this, I think, are unfortunately part of why it's so hard to talk about like people joke about stalking all the time people describe like stalking their ex's uh facebook profile but then there are like people who are stalking their exes and like it's ah uh, yeah like the movie could have known that it's a little yeah absolutely this makes it look like oh yeah and then people think oh stalking that's just like uh what bill murray did to that crazy <laughs> doctor guy you know, the jerk doctor guy that doctor he turned out to be the one who was really nuts am i right yeah. <laughs> so bob is a stalker he's manipulative People ask him to leave. He's like, it's best for you to go. Okay, cool. I should be going. And then he turns right back around and keeps finding ways to weasel his way in. And it's definitely, on one hand, this is like, yes, absolutely. This is a disorder Mm -hmm. that many people suffer from. And these are issues that are real. Yeah. And the movie is sort of addressing it in this goofy, flippant way. Because, yes, on one hand, okay, this is kind of a classic comedy that they don't really make comedies this way anymore Mm -hmm. it almost harkens back to more like just like 50s and 60s comedies sure like odd couple yeah gentlemen prefer to like it hot yeah (laughs) so let's let's pair these two and just play off each other which again they do an amazing job Mm -hmm. um so bob 
Bob shows up and Leo can't give Bob the therapeutic attention he needs because he's on vacation. Right. So he gives Bob a note and he says, Bob, take a vacation from your problems. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is another one of those catch-alls that people have quoted for yeah. years now. And again, you think of the millions of people that have seen this movie mm -hmm. where it does sort of like treat this behavior like, oh yeah, it's like, what about Bob? Right. So Bob... <laughs> I don't know. I did laugh at this. Bob takes a vacation from his problems, and then he shows up in this T-shirt that says, Don't hassle me. <laughs> I'm <up."> local. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, you know what? The wardrobe was on point in this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll give them that. That T-shirt that was good. So then what, what, what happens with Bob? He decides to, uh, to stick around. Yeah. And... Okay, so Bob, I don't know if he gets a place next door. or he They never show where he's staying. I don't even know if he's staying anywhere. I don't think he got a place. Does he ever leave? He, well, he leaves and he goes down the road, and then Dr. Leo's daughter is driving yeah. down the, the road, and she just picks him up. She's yeah. like, hey, it's Bob. So Bob hops in her car. Okay, you're picking up this adult male psychiatric patient yeah. of your dad's, and what does she do? She says, hey, my friends and I are going on a boat. Want to come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did her friends think? <laughs> like, Wait, who I, are you bringing on our boat? I assume they loved him. I mean, it's, it's Bob Wiley. To the, they tie him to the boat, and he says, I'm sailing, I'm sailing. Meanwhile, Leo is trying to help his son, Siggy, yeah. learn how to dive because he's all caught up in his head. Dr. Leo is, has placed a lot of importance on this Good Morning America interview that's going to be happening first yeah. thing in the morning. Yeah. So he's very stressed out about this to promote his big book. Mm -hmm. And of course, Bob is not helping things by right. not ever leaving. Uh, you know, like, I wonder how many patients felt enabled to harass their doctors after this film came out. Like, they think, oh, that's okay to do that now. Yeah. This must be excruciating to watch. If, if you're in you, that profession. If you're in that profession. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you raise a good point. Where, where, where does Bob live? Even at the beginning of the film, we see he's got an apartment and, like, there's a like a, a little set piece where he like says goodbye to his fish, then turns around and punches into a punch clock by his own desk and starts to work. So he works from home. A lot of questions about yeah, the life of Bob. Yeah, how does he pay for all this stuff? He's got uh, he's, yeah he's got some kind of assistance going on, or he's yeah what's that what's that job he's doing? <laughs> who's reading those time cards? <laughs> what about Bob? What about Bob? Where does Bob get all this money? Uh, Leo's so concerned about this Good Morning America thing that he really starts neglecting his children. Well, and there's issues already. Like, they, they talk about, like, they all, it's a loving family, but, like, Siggy, named for Sigmund, uh, of whom, uh, like, Dr. Marvin has a giant bronze Sigmund Freud bust that he's, like, standing near at all times. Uh, Siggy is obsessed with death, and... Yeah, it gets really dark, I love that speech. Actually, like maybe the part of the movie that I most uncomplicatedly love is, and I am jumping ahead, is a 12-year-old lying in bed saying, I'm going to die. You're going to die. Yeah, and even before that, he's like, uh, his Leo says, why are you always wearing black? And then his, his Siggy says... Maybe I'm just mourning my lost childhood. Yeah, and... <laughs> like, heavy, dude. Like, when he says, maybe I'm just mourning my lost childhood, that's, like, straight up, like, 
90s self-help culture uh, parody. Like, is this a joke that they would have in, uh, I don't know, Home Improvement or Roseanne or whatever? Like, we've heard people talk like this on the Phil Donahue show. Um, yeah, like, what else was going on? I was trying to think, like, 91. So what was sort of, like, the big stuff going on in the world? Well, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, of course, and uh, and uh, the Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Of course. Uh, Chub Rock was big. Uh, Somehow, know. what about Bob neglected the uh, the incredible emergence of all these hugely important hip-hop albums? It's like the duality of my <laughs> life is the early 90s. Like, one half of me wants to be Bill Murray, and the other half wants to be... Del the Funky Homo Sapien, like exactly. Pull, and I, I managed to be both, thank God. <laughs> Can I just say this is a bit of an aside? What on earth is Bill Murray's hair? <laughs> what is the shape of that haircut? It's like I might say mashed potatoes is the closest thing I can think of. It's like he's balding. It's a shag, a balding shag that's like sort of trapezoidal. No person could have that shape of hair it's like he sticks his finger in an electrical socket every morning yeah and it just it all just sticks out like that and that's that's him so it's it's bob wiley like what shape did they what does he walk out of the salon looking like is there like a bunch of product that he washes out right away and like what is i don't know like the 90s had some weird hair going on i had a mullet i had a mushroom uh, like I was trying to be like maybe some cross between Bart Simpson, Dave Lister, and Kid from Kid and Play, but like Bill Murray, that that fascinates me. Well, hey, it's working for me. Bob Wiley because everybody loves him. Bob's like everyone in town is falling for Bob. Yeah. Can we get to this Good Morning America interview? Because there is a funny little Easter egg there that I didn't expect to see. The director of Good Morning America. Reggie. Reggie. Reggie Kathy. Reggie Kathy. Reg E Kathy. Reggie Kathy, who was in Do You Remember Square One? That is I'm gonna cry. Uh yeah, that's all what I always think. Like he's in everything. He's in everything. He's literally in everything. in everything. And like people when he died last year, all these tributes went out about him being in I, was he in House of Cards or something? He's in House of Cards. Yeah. He's no, in no, Oz. No. He's in, yeah, sure. but Square cool, One. Cool, but Square One. Square One. Under his own name, Reggie. He was always called Reggie on the show. Why do I love him so much? What did he do on a show about simple multiplication that like planted him so deeply in my heart? Because he's not budging. He has great delivery and Perfect comic timing, yeah. very understated. He's got an incredible voice. He has a presence. Mm -hmm. He has a likable yet stern uh, face. Like there's something <laughs> about him where you're like, mustache. I, res I respect this guy, but I'll be his friend. But I'm oh, kind of yeah. scared of him. No, but, but he's like funny. But yeah. like, but he, like, yeah. it, like we'll use the fireplace, or we don't have to use the fireplace. Whatever he says. <laughs> like if he doesn't want the fireplace in the shot, I'm. I'll sit on the sofa. But then. he comes in and he owns that scene. But so prior before, I guess we, again, jumped ahead. But prior to that scene, Bob has spent the night at Dr. Leo Marvin's because he came, he manipulated his way into staying for dinner. Mm -hmm. And again, I will say I had, this movie did catch me by surprise. Like all the jokes I know and remember. Yeah. But then there's a lot of little ones that, that did get me. Like they're eating corn on the cob. <laughs> 
and Bob just looks up and goes, mmm, delicious. Is this hand shut? <laughs> <laughs> and that just, I'm like, ah, oh, you got me, Bob Wiley. I see what the family sees. I get it, Faye. I get it. Let him stay. So then Leo's saying, he's got to leave. He's got to leave after dinner. He's got to leave. Of course, they go play games. The kids are begging. They love Bob. He's yeah. their friend. He's he's the, the brother they never had. Yo, it, it made me think about, like, kids don't love strange adults this much. Like, that was a thought I had. I was like, there's no kid who would ever be this enthusiastic. Oh, wait, could Bob stay? <laughs> but as I was forming that thought, I thought about my relationships with all of my friends' children, and I realized I can't see it because I'm Bob. What about Jesse? In so many lives. Like, my friends' little kids, I'll go and, like, I don't have any rules for them. Sure, they can tell me the, uh, like, I'll get them pizza if I'm babysitting. Like, I'll do anything. I'll do any damn thing. I'm Bob. And they do, like, oh, does Jesse have to go? Oh, can Jesse read me my story? And, like, that's maybe the least unflattering way that you could be Bob <laughs> compared to, like, the rest of the movie. I don't know. Like, at first I was like, there's no way there's any kid who would like someone their parents' age. But there is, because They Bob. like you, they because- like you're about Bob. I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my uh, my new album is entirely in character as like Master P, and it's it's about Bob, about Bob. It's a big. It's a Call it. I'm about Bob. <laughs> All about Bob. So you're about Bob. Bob stays for dinner. Doctor Leo chokes. Yeah. Bob saves him somehow by almost like totally collapsing his scapula, but <laughs> <laughs> knee jumping on him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he starts off doing uh, doing some Heimlich maneuver, what, what which is like you know rapidly escalates into like totally cra just cracking his sternum. Heim Heimlich was just big in those days, man. Like Heimlich was on everything. It's like a, I don't know, it was just a funny name, but like in comedies, like look, something's got to happen. Someone's got to choke because we got to get a Heimlich in there. You got to say Heimlich, and like a man's gonna hug somebody. It was uh, it was such a long scene. Like he's choking for so long, and everybody is screaming the whole time, which maybe is also kind of another '90s movie thing. Like people screaming for a lot, a lot of screaming, yeah, long time, a lot of drama, a lot of drama. I, if I learned first aid from that film, I'd be very bad at it. And judging by the opinions, I gotta say, Doctor Leo's family are very supportive of Doctor Leo. Oh, they love him because he's stern, but I guess he's fair. And he's provided them with the nice, cushy life. Yeah, you know what? This this speaks to the thing that I just remembered is what I was thinking about. What do you imagine is the gap between the film that was written and the film that was filmed? Like, obviously films go through drafts of writers. They get notes from producers. The director gets their hand on them. There's rewrites. Is there a film at the heart of this? Is there a screenplay where Dr. Leo Marvin is a sympathetic, likable man, and we understand why his family would care for him. And, like, Bob is charismatic, but the dis the disturbing elements are understood. Did all that make it to the page, and then a studio got a hold of him and was like, Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss, this is going to be killer. Let's lose all this dark stuff. Let's make it, uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. Let's... Well, someone needs to remake this film, clearly. Yeah. And reinvent the roles. Because I mean, as you're saying that, now if you, just tiny little tweaks like that, like you said earlier, changing the music. If there was dark music, this could really go a whole other way. Well, they did that. It was called Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <laughs> <laughs> a delightful um, romp for the family. Uh, so, Yours. So Leo, 
Leo gets saved by Bob. It starts pouring rain. They won't let Bob go home. Mm-hmm. So they let Bob sleep over. They don't just let him sleep over. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. How old do you think Bob is in this movie? Let's be it. 40s? 40, early, yeah, mid 40s. Mid 40s, right? Mid 40s. And Siggy is what, 12 years he's old? 12 years old. Yeah, he's a day. sure. Uh, now, not only has Dr. Leo been trying to get rid of Bob because Good Morning America is coming the next morning and he's his patient and is breaking every kind of imaginable law of <laughs> like medicine and treatment yeah. and doctor patient relationships, they say, all right, Bob, sure, you can sleep in the bedroom with our 12 year old. It seems like such an oversight, and then they directly allude to it. When the during the iconic scene where Dr. Leo Marvin is ha, can't find his toothbrush, subtly explained by Bob saying, "No, I've got one." He's brushing his teeth with his finger, which is like burned into my mind, and I I know anytime if I don't have a toothbrush, I can just like jam my index finger in the back of my molars and like make a mess. I never would have done it if not for Dr. Leo Marvin. Huh? Baby steps to dental hygiene. Baby steps, Ricky D. <laughs> so. Yeah, so while he's doing that and frothing at the mouth, he screams at Faye, for all we know, he's a murderer in the room with our son. And she goes, Leo. Yeah, like, Faye has got blinders on or some really, really good drugs. Because she is just, like, completely... This thought never crossed her mind. Because not only is this guy, like, the the age difference and just their... uh, you know, familiarity with this guy. It's yeah. just wrong for a million reasons. They've only known him. Like, how long has Leo known him? Well, I think they, uh, but, uh, when he's on Good Morning Maybe. America, he says he's been a patient for four days. Four days. Yeah. Four days. Four days of stalking. So this is one of those classic movie things where you have to just say, all right, fine. This is, just go with well, it. Well, I guess you can hear explosions <laughs> in space. <laughs> I guess we will bunk down with Siggy. I, I mean, you can't, like, yeah, the real, obviously the fourth wall is like, yeah. Do, do you think, what if you picture the whole movie as being recollected by Faye? It would make so much more sense if they bookended it like Titanic with Faye in the old folks' home saying, Bob Wiley, why yes, a delightful man. And then all, the reason that it never gets sinister that they did that is because she never got she ne- like her her perspective reigns supreme in this film. Leo's too uptight. Bob's a nice man. This movie takes place entirely in Faye's head. It's all about Faye. What about Faye? What about Faye? <laughs> what about Tourette's? Uh, that's an offensive scene, kind of. As a kid, you think it's... I thought it was funny. I don't really... You don't know much I about it. I might have heard about it from that movie. That's yeah. probably the first place. And oh, it, Tourette's is a syndrome where you just swear? Well, it's not. It's more than that. It's yeah. Very, <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure, lot, sure anyone with Tourette's did not appreciate A lot of us have met people who have it by now, and, like, we're not prepared for, uh, the fact that it's just an ordinary person with, like, a, a thing they have going on. But, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they scream insults and swears at each other and this is like such a 90s pg thing like they're off color they're uh oh they're randy like what does the kid scream some kind of they're like like lizard dick like yeah they're weird they're like getting really out the napkin kind of (laughs) whoa that one's reaching (laughs) yeah and like it's like sheep balls like i don't know testicle forehead yeah um (laughs) And like it's a bit cute. Like it's all I always find it weird when they actually have like a kid sh- say obscenities. Yeah. In those films, and like, 
well, I hope they were debriefed before and after. <laughs> like, is there anything you want to talk about about lizard dick? Um, but, uh, but yeah, framing it as, yeah, making a, a specific real syndrome into not just a point of fun, but like direct mockery. Which we should accept by now because that's what this whole movie that's what they're does doing. That. It's taking a lot of mental uh, health issues and yeah. just really putting it out. And obviously you don't, like in 91, mm-hmm. your kid, you don't, uh, this didn't affect me, but definitely watching it now, I'm like, whoa, yeah. I'm watching it with a whole other lens. Yeah. And I've, so trying to separate it as being, okay, this is like fun, stupid 1991 movie, but also like, well, it's kind of just totally flippantly uh yeah. negging on all these issues. We, yeah, cuz we like it's always it's always a funny thing when you think about like a different era where like for you and I, we were Siggy's age. And like it was new to us, we didn't necessarily have like the breadth of experience. But of course, there were people in the world in 1991 for whom Tourette syndrome was not new and for whom uh manipulative personality disorders was not like unfamiliar. But it's so hard to to not separate the world and be like, like everybody didn't hear about it later when we did. Um, there's like layers to it. So I don't want to like totally, it's tempting to give it a pass because we were innocent, but it was made by adults who were in the world with adults. And it's a, it's a shame that they were irresponsible about it. Yeah, there's a, this reminded me a lot of another movie which I haven't seen since I was a kid, but I used to love mm-hmm. called The Dream Team. I haven't seen the Dream Team. What's that about? It's Michael Keaton. Okay. And there are four patients from a psychiatric I hospital have seen the who Dream go out Team. to see a baseball game. Yes. And I remember thinking it was funny as a kid because it was on one of those like late night movies or yeah. something. And I remember thinking it was great because Michael Keaton's amazing and everything. So we probably watched on the same thing. It's probably like ASN or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm actually that's I got to put that on the list for a film to see. Uh, how that <laughs> would you say <laughs> the dream up. team is almost a spoof of one flew over the cuckoo's nest like it's a direct because that's a, a set piece from one flew over the cuckoo's yeah, nest yeah i don't remember it as well but it's definitely probably took inspiration from that and see that and i think they like there are similar levels of like well like what about bob like no pathology is real everybody's just quirky and needs to like get a get a grip and uh michael keaton has been in a bunch of movies that i loved as a kid that later i'm like wait what are you what were you doing like uh multiplicity i've never seen that actually don't (laughs) (laughs) well this is it sounds like a lot of topics for another uh, episode the the second season of this uh podcast i'm just going to reveal it now is going to be people uh recommending you don't watch movies you haven't seen It's called Don't Like This. <laughs> <laughs> the theme is uh, MC Hammer. Yeah, you'll never like this. <laughs> can't like that. You can't like that. Uh, so Bob spends the night despite... Uh, All sense uh, and reason <laughs> and goodness. Good Morning America shows up. Leo, Gee. of course, as what this whole film up to this point has been building to, Leo has been nervous that he is going to totally uh, freeze on camera and blow this interview, which he does, but luckily Bob's there, and everybody loves Bob. Bob gets the camera time, Bob praises Dr. Leo, Mm -hmm. and Bob himself becomes this national (laughs) 
Cause Celebre. Because clearly everyone in the world watches Good Morning America. That might have been the hardest thing to swallow because, you know what, in re- <laughs> I, I didn't find him so charming. I found him more charming at other times, but uh, on TV he came off as a bit eager. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I love their, they cut to the coffee shop owners who hate Dr. Leo <laughs> Marvin, and they're, like, watching it, and they're like, know what I mean, Vern? Like, they totally <laughs> got this, like, earnest thing going on. They love and they it. may be my favorite characters in the whole movie, actually. They're always hanging around, yeah. either fishing or driving their truck nearby, just hating they don't live in their dream house. Yeah. That's what they, like, they have, I guess they own a coffee shop, but they're going to be on your lake that's, hating you. <laughs> that's their motivation. She never says that. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob is never gone. So this this is kind of what pushes Leo over the edge, right? That they start going yeah. around town and Bob gets recognized. Recognized and Leo takes him like they go for a drive. Immediately after the taping, Leo's had it. Oh, we see him do this thing more than once where he like takes responsibility um for his outburst. And, like, he speaks in this measured tone. And I feel like there's some kind of comment about it being hypocritical or, like, I don't know. Because they're not supposed to, like, think it's good that he's, like, being calm and, like, admitting his faults. There's, like, some ulterior motive to it because he arranges secretly to have Bob committed against his will. Yeah, and he drives him out to uh, the the 1990s movie Insane Asylum, which is a real place, (laughs) a real type of place that we've all seen. Yeah. He checks in Bob to this yeah. place. Bob's betrayed. And Bob becomes a star there. Well, it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's the bull, the bull goose loon. And he's making jokes about schizophrenics. And he's doing, you know, that famous joke, I'm a schizophrenic and so am I. And, and, yeah, he, and all the orderlies, like, lose it. Like, they've never heard timing like this. <laughs> I mean, like, they're like... My God, this guy's almost as good as Bill Murray. <laughs> it's like having Saturday Night Live in the, in the operating theater here. Yeah, so Bob becomes a hit at the local hospital, and so much so that as soon as Leo gets home, they call and they say they to go pick him up. Yeah, the, I guess this also stretched my credulity, like that there's a... Uh, <laughs> this man is so charismatic. How could he possibly... There's, there's, you've got to get him out of here. He's got to get him out of this... This uh, hospital right away He's too charming to spend another second Doctor you've got to come back here And get this man out of this hospital He's got us all laughing so hard What is that sequence of events Yeah and Leo is just of course Thinking is everyone blind I mean there's a lot of blinders going on Like the family is completely blind Like to any negative reasons Why they should not engage this patient yeah. uh, Bob is blind to Leo being like a total condescending prick <laughs> right <laughs> the whole time to him and also but also like his genuine boundaries and like all the reasons he shouldn't like it's weird that they have to write Leo unsympathetically because like Bob's got to be the hero now that just speaks to like the lack of nuance I guess that like like Dr. Marvin's got to be the anti-Bob like seem to have it all together um in order for you know Bob to triumph and yeah, I have hero. to say like Richard Dreyfus could like I I could just see him as a comic book villain. The picture whole time. him sidebar. Picture him with the amazing beard that he shows in this film, so perfectly trimmed. I'm supposed to believe he does that himself. Come on, man, he doesn't have time. He's he's a professional. He is perfectly kept that way. Like it's a part of his. Oh character yeah, the line is that, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like. 
picture that with like Cesar Romero Joker makeup over it. Like that's a good Joker. Yeah. The yeah. Leo Marvin beard just under the makeup. He could be. He could be totally some kind of Batman villain. He. He. That's just. I think maybe Heath Ledger uh, was taking the note like. Just Leo Marvin. Leo Marvin at the end of What About Bob, just the whole way through. When he gets his composure and action. Yeah, so we are getting to the meat of this film. This well, is we're, We've been watching Leo slowly. Get, it's basically yeah. how far can you push Dr. Leo Marvin, Yeah. this film. So Leo has totally gone. He's totally fed up with Bob. He's, so, and he's hurt. He feels like his family doesn't love him. Yeah. And it's public doesn't love him they love bob so leo gets home and it's his birthday party all of a sudden where did this they come set from up, they set up the surprise party with like half of a telephone conversation that faye's having like very early in the film like before bob's even in like Winnipesaukee. it's like well it'll be right after his interview it'll be in a great mood yeah no just like don't spoil the surprise ah, good catch and then he gets home covered in mud that's the other thing is he somehow gets stranded. Like he has like one of those physical '90s comedy ordeals that sees him come home staggering, cut, covered in mud. He's walked for so far. He he's blows tired. a tire. He tries yeah. to fix the car. Bob. He kicks out Bob. Bob hitchhikes. Yeah. And gets home ahead of him. Yeah. And yes, by the time he gets home, surprise! All of his friends and family and colleagues have traveled to Lake Winnipesaukee, including his, his sister, sister Lily. Lily. <laughs> <laughs> and he is okay. This Leading moment, I have picture. never ever seen any other actor in any other film be that excited <laughs> to see their sister. <laughs> really? <laughs> he, you know what? He's had a hard day. Let's put it in context. It was like he. It's, this is Le- <laughs> he really the, loves his sister. He loves his sister. He puts her on a pedestal, but he's also had the worst day. Everything's gone wrong for Marvin, Doctor Leo Marvin, this day. And he's just staggered home in the mud, and like his spirits are just starting to lift. Oh my God, people do love me. They're here for me. And there's Lily. And he is so excited. But then Bob, like perfectly timed, <laughs> pokes his head in and says, "We're all here for you." Like, what is he just? Get your hands off of my sister! Yeah, Dr. Leo goes into full-on, out-the-napkin, snap-show attack mode. <laughs> just the, like the wrestling jump. leap, the leap off the yeah. turnbuckle. Yeah, he's... A, oh, yeah, that is nuts! It's like it's like perpendicular to the ground. Like, the rock jumping into the window of an exploding building has nothing on Dr. Leo Marvin heading for Bob in this shot. And he goes, he's going for the kill there. Oh, yeah. And... So and then is this when he takes he takes Bob out to the woods? Well, it sort of settles down. Like he there's the oh, conflict, right, they roll right, around right. and fight and they ruin the party and then one of Leo's colleagues it's so ignominious for him. He like gives him a sedative and he's like he's under a lot of stress. And you tell everybody's pitying him and he knows everybody's pitying him. And it's pushing him even further over the edge. And he's lying there and they're like he's going to be out for a few hours and then it pans down. And you see his furious, wide-open eyes, and you know it's going to go down. So he hops out the window. He puts on his jacket over his pajamas, which only a dangerous man would do. (laughs) This is the metamorphosis. He has no time for pants. He's (laughs) out that window, and he's headed to the all-night hardware store? Yeah, he breaks in. He does break into the hardware store that just carries, like, High-powered assault bows and like all kinds of crazy hunting weapons. And but we do. Be gone. 
So back at Dr. Leo's home, though, his family are are getting worried. And then Bob just says he'll stay on to help the family. And he says, I'll just be the daddy. <laughs> Those are his words. I'll just be the daddy. What does that mean? That means that from that moment on, Bill Murray was all of our daddies. <laughs> we all from that moment were raised by Bob Wiley. Like that that's when it's whoa, this is creepy. And then I think finally the family clues in and is like, maybe Bob should go home now. But they don't they don't hold it against him. It's not like they're like, Look, I think Leo just can't take it for whatever reason, like he's the one with the problem still and Bob's hurt. Bob is hurt. And Dr. Leo Marvin is robbing the weapons convenience store. <laughs> Welcome to a weapon world. He buys like t- t- or he steals like twenty pounds of like explosive powder. Yeah. And because he's clearly going to obliterate Bob. Yeah. And we learn that he has a guaranteed cure for Bob. Death, Death therapy. therapy. <laughs> Which, if no metal band has used that for their name, mm-hmm. that is a missed opportunity, <laughs> let me just say. This is when I feel like I'm really watching a therapist's worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the the complete sanctity of the profession of therapy. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's blown out of the earth like so many stumps. <laughs> With 20 pounds of stump be gone. They took out the idea that, like, uh, yeah, a therapist is a helping profession, a person who uh, wants to heal others. It's like, if I can't just milk you for money over the course of the years, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. If I cannot heal you, if you are, if your issues are too much for me, yeah. I'm going to kill you. Like, what kind of message is this sending to people who need therapy? Do yeah. you think a lot of people saw this in 1991? It's like, well... I guess I uh, won't try that therapy thing I was supposed to go do. <laughs> I would certainly say it was part of a climate that led to those feelings. Like, in isolation, people would uh, hopefully just be like, wow, this guy, uh, Frank Oz, hates therapists. I know for a fact that Frank Oz hates therapists, and he's <laughs> killed many of them. Um, no, if it were in isolation and, and it weren't like a cultural thing, the... The audience could receive it as this is a film by someone who feels this way. But it was building in all forms of entertainment the idea that mental health was a crutch and a scam. And so I'm sure that it contributed to many people fearing seeking help. Yeah, especially when Leo ties 20 bombs to Bob to literally explode him. It's messed up, and I'm like watching it very acutely aware of my read of the scene, but also that might be like the pinnacle of their interactions, like those two playing off each other in that scene. I love them together there. Like, um, and again, because they're both my dad. Um, like, like, doc, like Bob is listing all the other therapists he's had who never like reached him in this way. And Dr. Marvin says, well, Bob, the difference between me and those other men is, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, are yeah. incredible together. But yeah. I mean, again, this is a professional psychiatric doc- doctor oh, and yes. published author, now attempted murderer. Yeah, no, so it's th- like, it's very wrong. Um, I, I wouldn't rank it high in depictions of the profession. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, But it's a great vaudeville act, you know? It is hilarious. It is, it is definitely fun and funny. Yeah. So we're, we're almost here at the end. 
Dr. Leo ties all these explosives to Bob mm-hmm. to literally explode him. And then Leo runs off, leaving Bob. Uh, and like Bob's like, Bob like, he's uh, <laughs> like, what is this? You know, is it like, or, or there's a line earlier well, where he says, what is this radical new therapy? That was for something else. But, that's but he's, he says, uh, I get it. I'm all tied up inside. And if I can't untie myself, I'm going to explode emotionally. So how do I untie myself? And honestly, that little moment, that that uh, that was healing. That was very therapeutic for me. Like that's a good nugget of wisdom. Yeah, and Bob heals himself. Oh man! So yeah. Doctor Leo actually cured him. But meanwhile, Doctor Leo has run back to the house, thinking he's just finally gotten rid of Bob mm-hmm. for good. And what does he say? This I don't even remember as a kid. And then I heard this. I'm like, what? He goes first. We'll eat Gil. Then we'll eat Bob. <laughs> no, 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 that's going what? too far. It's like, this is getting darker and darker. Yoda, what were you thinking? I think we're, uh, um, <laughs> we're just seeing that, like, he's he's not coming back. Like, that uh, that Dr. Marvin is past. It changes you. So Bob, Bob does escape and brings the bombs back to the house. He doesn't think they're real. No, he's, he's so excited uh, that Leo cured him. And then, of course, where'd you put the bombs, Bob? Oh, just oh, back in the house. the house. House blows up. Great. So, <laughs> cut to, you know, we end the film with Leo sedated and unresponsive in a hospital. He's and Bob dog. marries his sister, which <laughs> snaps Leo out of his coma. And Bob becomes a psychologist and has a best-selling book called Death Therapy. Which yeah. He stole the title from Dr. Leo. The, the treatment of Dr. Marvin at the end of the film is like it really feels bad. And like I think there's like a lot of parts before where I'm like, ooh, not sure about this. Or like, ooh, I can see where like my sentiments aren't in line here. But at the end when they are like, okay, what's going to be really funny is if this guy's in a wheelchair, he can't talk, his family's devastated. Like no part of that felt good. Like I get it. We're supposed to see his total dissolution. Maybe we're su- maybe that is the point where we're supposed to empathize with him and be like what if uh, I got everything taken away from me? And even like the tinge of like patriarchy of like the ultimate, the ultimate humiliation for him is for his sister to be claimed by this man. There's that some weird like psychosexual yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he, like, he looks like he might be a little bit okay when, uh, when he snaps out of it. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, I guess he seems all right. Phew. Phew. What about Bob? So, Jesse, this is the part in the podcast yeah. where you answer. The big question. What about Bob? <laughs> <laughs> You're about Bob and Jesse Dangerously. I'd say about yay, Bob. Do you still like this? Nah. Nah. Like, there's things about it I like, you know, and like, it's, but it's like, it's this family thing I've been describing. Like, it's my cousin. The movie is my shitty cousin. Like, he's not that nice. He's not going to get better and like the way like what i thought was funny that he did as a kid was actually really mean like you seem sad about this i'm bummed yeah yeah um let it out no i'm with you yeah it feels like a loss and you know it's um but i knew that that's why i chose this movie is because the last time i watched it probably 15 years ago i was starting to feel like this doesn't feel good like i remembered and i put it away from there um because i didn't want to lose the feeling altogether because again this is 
the language of my family and like this the the things that gave us joy from the experience of watching this film we use to give each other joy now we amuse each other we bond and like remember our bonds through it and like that's not going to go away and also i love i do love things about it like it's it's not a, it's not a well made movie it's garbage like it's a bad movie and what is almost as surprising to me as how unfunny I found it overall, like I was when it, it did catch me and I did laugh. Like I'm surprised that um, it didn't lose me completely and like put me out of a mood to laugh. Like, cause they're just so good. But like, I know I was breathless and I know my whole family, like my parents were a little older than I am now. Uh, but like they, it got them, tickled them right in the funny bone. It was great for us. Watching it now, I'm like, Jeez, this is so corny. Bill Murray's such a cornball. Like he's good at it, but like it's it's not hitting. I could feel I could feel your energy and I I feel your struggle with mm. this because I, I feel the exact same. I do not still like this either. No. It I'll tell you, first of all, I'm siding with Leo Marvin the yeah. whole time. I, I have to take his side. I find Bob so irritating <laughs> and Totally, like, breaking the boundaries and just, like, crossing lines. We're at a stage in our lives where we've seen it. Like, we've yeah. had friends who've had their boundaries crossed, and we've seen people we care about cross boundaries with other people. It's not some cute fantasy. It's like, oh, this is what makes people we know unhappy at yeah. our age. Look, I, I don't want to come across as some cold-hearted guy. I love Bill Murray. I, there are certainly movies of his that I love, and this was never really one of my favorites. No. And... I think it fails on a few levels. So all those other points that we've spoken about, mm -hmm. but it does get very dark. Mm -hmm. And I think where this movie might have actually succeeded was to go all the way dark. Like it didn't go yeah. dark enough. It no. was sort of like hints of dark wrapped up in this fun family comedy with this lovable Bob. If they went super, super, super dark yeah. and made it a real dark comedy, because on paper when you're pitching the idea, okay, it's this patient who just won't leave the doctor alone. Right. He follows him to his cottage. And then it, he forces the doctor to want to kill him. Yeah. And then, hey, you know, in a twist, the doctor, you know, goes totally out of control and then you know let's just make it even funnier and and bob becomes uh, a psychologist in the end that's the twist yeah. like there there are ways to have done this i think that if they just really went super dark and probably in 1991 they the industry wouldn't allow it's like let's make a big box office yeah. hit with these two stars. huge stars because they were both huge at the time yeah obviously yeah neither could do any wrong i don't think like they're yeah, they didn't the commit. whole they the didn't, whole time they didn't I found commit it, to the bit. They didn't commit to the bit, and yes, Bill Murray's super lovable and mm -hmm. funny and gives his all. Richard Dreyfuss gives an incredible performance, mm -hmm. but there's just a lot of moments. I just found it really irritating. I I kind of couldn't wait for the movie to be over, to be honest, which is not something I expected, and. I was just increasingly getting irritated these, by Bob Wiley. Maybe it'll it'd be like a theme looking back at films of this era. Like the pacing is not what we're used to, 
And I used to, even like back then when I watched movies in the 70s, I'm like, oh, the pacing is not what I'm used to. And I could get like they're three hours long and maybe nothing happens for two thirds of it. And that's how you make uh, art film. Um, and like in the 90s, it was it got a lot more frenetic. But like, I'm sure there were films that hung together better than this. Like it doesn't. Like it doesn't have a pace. That there makes are the sense. greatest movie of all time. The Burps still holds together. <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a minute. Has that been a? Uh, it's my favorite. I watch it every year. I so have you're not spoiling not, anything. I have buddy. never not liked the Burps. <laughs> There's no question. No, then. it's like uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's right up there with me. Aliens. Yeah. The Burps. Then the Burps. I remember. I saw it on TV also. It's a great, great film. Tom Hanks's best work. Like this is. It's funny because this movie, as well, it is really highly regarded I think to this day like it comes up in conversation people are like oh, I love What About Bob but I don't know how many people have gone back and watched it it was widely seen it was widely seen and you know some of these movies and definitely with this podcast I've watched movies that I loved as a kid but they're kid movies mm-hmm. but I still love them now and there's right. like and some are terrible but this was really positioned as a family movie and I would not feel comfortable showing this yeah. to a bunch of kids right now. Like I would not have a family movie night yeah. if I had kids and say, let's watch What About Bob because I don't feel that it uh, it treats these issues. It's so interesting how our age and, and experience can affect our own, your, our own and your, the culture. Yeah. The... The fa- the family film at the time seemed to be a bouillabas, like it was something for everyone, and and that was kind of like making like a bowl of punch for the family, and like well, there's juice in the punch for the kids, and there's uh, tequila for the adults, like just throw it. There was no sense of like something that might be for some part of the family isn't for every part of the family. Whereas I th- I don't think now a family conceived film is thought of that way. And it's probably closer, and maybe it's generational, because now I'm the age of people who are making movies, and you know I grew up with those films. Um, but this, the general concept of family films makes more sense to me, where it's like entertaining for everyone, hopefully, but not going to scar anyone, hopefully, who might watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't want to watch a movie that's totally safe. It should totally right. push some buttons. And I... I mean, I'm really surprised at how much I do not still like this. It's it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that it's not well executed. Like it's a it's a flub. Like it's, uh, it's it's the the like all of the the musical cues, leaning so hard on those whimsical musical cues to tell everybody that they should be finding it funny is a bad look. Like maybe they cut it without those, and they were like, "Oh shit, we made a horror movie." Mm. Let's fix this. What do we do? I would love to see this recut. Yeah. And with some music. I mean, not the whole thing. I don't think I'd sit through the whole <laughs> thing again. But, I mean, Yoda's had a few stinkers since. Let's say, you know, I'm looking at you, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> this was not, I guess, Bowfinger was after this, which I actually yeah. remember liking Bowfinger. Was it? And like I could be wrong. 2000s? Maybe he didn't direct it. Bowfinger wasn't even that long. It was like 2000 or something, right? Like, I yeah, guess Bowfinger, I remember thinking was pretty funny. It had really mixed... I remember it having really mixed reviews. Uh, I had mixed feelings about it. I didn't finish it, but I liked part of what I saw. Well, that's what. That's why we got this podcast. Yeah, maybe it's time to get back to Bowfinger. Yeah. Bowfinger. Is that the theme song? <laughs> He's a man, the man with the finger bow. Oh, uh, 
well, Jesse, any final comments? Anything else you'd like to say about what about Bob? I'm sorry, Mom. Like, I thought that we, I thought that we had a good childhood, and it turns out no. <laughs> it turns out that this movie was bad, and I take it all back. The Mother's Day cards. The I'm giving back my many castles of gray skull. Like, it was all built on. Quicksand. <laughs> no, no. The, the opinions expressed on this podcast in no way uh, affect the amazing happy memories we have of watching this film with our moms You're as right. children. You're right. We had it, and we all have our cornball family jokes, and that transcends everything. Our kids, our kids, making those memories today with the films of today. What is it? Toy Story. What do they do now? Yeah, I, I, I wonder two? what the equivalent of this type of film would be because again, <laughs> it the family film it, this has a little something for everybody in it mm-hmm. because it's got stars that parents would like. Mm-hmm. It's got the kids I- into it. There's some goofy moments. There's nothing really like risque in terms of like nudity or extreme violence or anything that you wouldn't show. So I guess maybe that's what makes it a family film. Is it bridesmaids? Is that what, is it Girls Trip? Is that what the family's sitting around to watch now? And in 20 years, they'll be like, I can't believe we watched them pee on all those people. It's a really different era. It's yeah. a, it, like the comedies, comedies like this do not exist anymore. Like What About Bob is in this pocket of this 80s, 90s mm-hmm. comedy films that had high budget, big stars, yeah. a lot of production, and, and I'd be very interested to know if you yeah, have what this script looked like originally. Like Join us in 25 years when we uh, examine the films of our middle age. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here. I'm sorry that we ruined uh, a childhood favorite of yours. It's the opposite. Uh, my childhood ruined me. You know? <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked this movie so that we could answer the question. What Do you still like Jesse? this? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh. Oh, so you about that, Jesse? About it, about it. You about it, about it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bob? You may ask yourself, what about consideration of mental health? What about respect for psychiatric profession? What about having Yoda directing? Doctor patient boundaries out the window for the sake of cheap laughs and Don't hit, yo. I know it's comedy. I should try to laugh, but unrelenting liar stalkers make it hard to relax. I can't get over the fact Leo and Faye let Bob share a room with their kid. Am I cray? Hey, I get it. Usually love Bill Murray, but watching this, I wanted him killed in a hurry. No wonder I was so hopeful for Dr. Leo buying bombs at the local store. (laughs) Yo, I know it's silly, but my favorite part's when Dr. Leo says, Lily! Yo, thanks again to Jesse Dangerously. If you want more podcast action, you can check out my other podcast, Weekend at Bergie's. We got a lot of awesome episodes there. I am going to be on tour, so check out wordburglar.com. A lot of dates in Canada and the States. And uh, we will be back here in a month with another episode of Do You Still Like This Movie? And I always like you for listening and telling your friends and, uh, and having fun. All right. Sorry I don't like the movie anymore, Mom. But, you know, I I still like you. (laughs) I love you, Mom. (laughs) All right, guys. Peace.
shout out, special shout out, of course, Peter Project Coins on the Mad Beats. Now it's for real peace. 